possibilities. The Palace Theater, your palace, your place. Shows for the whole family. Waterbury Palace, your palace, your place. Waterbury Palace Theater. Welcome to the Palace Theater's Broadway Buzz, presented by Webster Bank. My name is Stuart Brown, founder of the 24-7 online Broadway radio station SoundsofBroadway.com. If you are looking for nonstop show music, tune into SoundsofBroadway.com, playing the best from Off-Broadway, Broadway, and the London stage, and I'll be your host for this podcast series. For the next two episodes of the Broadway Buzz, I'll be speaking with the actress Marissa Perry, who spent her formative years learning her craft in the Waterbury area. I'm going to be talking to Marissa about her career, which included a star turn on Broadway, some revealing backstage stories, and her advice and insights to listeners thinking of a career in the theater. Welcome to the Broadway Buzz. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. We're so glad that we could have a local personality. Yes. I had mentioned that you started your theatrical career here in Waterbury, the greater Waterbury area. So can you... Fill us in on on what that was. Sure. Um, first time my mom pulled me on stage, I was four years old. Uh, I sang All I Want for Christmas is My Two Front Teeth. That happened on the stage at the former Thomaston Opera House, now Landmark Community Theater. Uh, and then I got very involved with the Seven Angels Youth Program there in Hamilton Park. Um, I did all of their bright lights children's summer shows from its inception to the time I graduated high school from Holy Cross. Um, Very involved in theater scene over at Holy Cross there. Actually, I credit a lot of my uh, experiences at Holy Cross uh, for kind of what catapulted me to my hairspray turns. But yeah, I even performed on the palace theater stage um, for the 10th anniversary. So yeah, very tied into Waterbury in uh, my training and even after my time on Broadway. Waterbury, I always say there's something in the water here. It turns out really talented people, in my personal opinion. Not not biased at all. I would say, including <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll start, uh, we'll start a new company, uh, Waterbury Springs. Yes, Waterbury Springs. So in high school, were you the the actress that got the big parts? Yeah, I, I would say so. I think um, it was very surprising to some of my classmates. Um, you know, my freshman year, I got cast as a kind of a secondary character in the pajama game. But as a sophomore, I got cast um, in the lead role of Annie Oakley in Annie Get Your Gun. And um, that was kind of something, and even today kind of doesn't happen when you're kind of um, a lower classman. And I'll tell you what, Stu, that was the, the moment that I got the inkling that I could carry a show, that I could step into a starring role. And I was so young, but I felt it. I, I felt like, hey, I can do this. And I think if I hadn't had that experience at Holy Cross, I don't think I would have been as confident walking into the professional theater scene literally two years later. So, you know, Holy Cross really provided me those opportunities to try my hand 
whereas the rest of the Waterbury community really taught me how. So, so you're saying that that after that that role that you thought you could actually go into a career? You, you were sort of leaning in that direction? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I thought, hey, wouldn't it be cool to, to do this for, you know, for real, get paid for it? But I don't think I entertained the idea that I could be a star because I don't look like a typical star. And hairspray wasn't a thing you know, in 2001. So I had no example set. So I don't think I really entertained the idea of being a Broadway star. But doing Annie Get Your Gun and stepping into that starring role, I thought, hey, I think I have the chops to do this professionally. And maybe might I even say as a star. And, you know, I did. So you graduated Holy Cross, and then you did not go to college. So you didn't go to a theater program or a conservatory. So what what was your decision, and why did you take that route? I started auditioning with Hairspray before I left my senior year at Holy Cross. So I was still kind of in high school when I started auditioning professionally. I attempted to go to Marymount Manhattan College for my first semester, and I started booking work in New York, and the theater program would not work with me. They would not be flexible with my rehearsal schedules, and their whole thing was, hey, come to school here, and you can audition and get real-life experience and go to school. Well, I was doing that, and they wouldn't help me. <laughs> they wouldn't help me. So I was missing classes because I was booking work. And I kind of had a talk with my parents about this, and we decided, you know, school will always be there. If I'm 40, if I'm 50, school's going to be there. Work in the business may not always be there. So we decided kind of collectively that I was going to focus on that. And it's a good thing I did because in the in January of, of what would have been my freshman year, I was sent to Toronto to learn the role of Tracy Turnblad um, with the Canadian cast. I was 18 years old. Now, that was not your first brush with Broadway, though. Can you tell us about the sort of the story about the musical princess. Yes, I sure will. So Hairspray was always kind of sprinkled in between this thing with princesses. But yeah, the first job I booked in New York while I was at Marymount was David Zippel's new musical called Princesses. And it was a show within a show about a bunch of high school girls putting on the play A Little Princess. And um, it was a pop rock musical, something that Broadway was really not seeing at that time. It was cast chock full of future Broadway stars. It was a fantastic story. The music was amazing, written by Matthew Wilder, uh, lyrics by David Zippel, Sherry and Bill Steinkellner, who wrote Cheers and some Frasier episodes. They um, wrote the book. It was just fantastic. So while I was at Marymount, I started working on that. And that was actually one of the first gigs professionally that I booked in my career. So I was pretty excited. So, and, and where is that in sort of the timeline of 
So you were, you graduated high school and then. May, yeah, May 2003, I graduated high school. September 2003, I booked the first reading ever of Princesses. You booked it. You you had to be. So how did how did you do? You have an agent and someone and they called you and explain that to people. Yeah, I had an agent who was kind of promoting me, and this breakdown is what they call it. The agents get something called a breakdown, and it has all of the characters and the the show and a breakdown of what the show is, what the characters are. And he said, oh my gosh, Marissa, you would be great for one of the roles, um, Kit, in this new, in David Zippel's new musical called Princesses. And so he submits my headshot and resume to the casting director. And the casting director then comes back and says, yes, we would like to see Marissa for the role of blank, or no, we're going to pass on seeing her at this time. That's kind of how it goes down. So you had the reading, which must have been a rather kind of numbing experience because you had just graduated from high school and you probably read all these stories of actors and actresses spending years trying to get noticed or, and boom, you're put into this pre-Broadway production. Yeah, it was absolutely insane. And plus, you know, I was working with people who, I have listened to before whose music I had listened to before and I'm singing their new music and it's was just, it was crazy. It was, it was wonderful. And honestly, when we did the reading before anything happened with the, the, you know, going to the good speed, which you and I talked about, and then the Seattle Fifth Avenue theater, you know, you don't really know what to expect when you get involved with a reading of something. It's in its baby stages. So, you know, I went to work with them for a week, maybe a week and a half, and who knew what was going to happen next. But it was, I was shell-shocked in the best way to be, you know, walk into New York and just be having this great luck. It was pretty amazing. You had the reading, and then it was produced at the Norma Terrace Theater which is for people that haven't been to Goodspeed, that's sort of their incubator type theater. It's a small, beautiful theater, great theater, but it's really for shows that are trying to get themselves together. Exactly. Exactly. It's a, it's kind of like a experimental lab. You had a a pretty good run there. And then you went out to Seattle, which is one of the premier regional theaters in, in the country. And how did that, how did that go? Amazing. It was beyond, beyond my wildest imagination. We sold out the entire run there. Um, And they're a Broadway size house. I think they're somewhere around 17, 1900 seats at the Seattle Fifth Avenue. Humongous stage. Enough to fit our three, two or three story set in. And, uh, Oh, rave reviews. It was just phenomenal. And I'll tell you what, I had a sh- I had the role that completely steals the show. They were talking, you know, Tony Award nomination. <laughs> they were talking, you know, um, you know, the the comedic relief. I was kind of the nicely nicely of this show. And I was so proud of my work and and I knew I was funny and just brave. Because I was so young. So we're going to get to the end of this story. Yes. 
after they say, I feel like I'm on like one of these reality shows, <laughs> after this commercial, after actually this non-commercial break. Okay. So I'm speaking with Marissa Perry and I think we're going to have to do like maybe four or five episodes to get <laughs> everything in, but we're going to take this very short break and then we'll be back with more of the Broadway buzz. Where can you hear the best music from Off-Broadway, Broadway, and the London stage? The answer, soundsofbroadway.com, your 24-7 online Broadway music radio station. Listen to selections from well-known, popular, and more obscure musicals from the most diverse playlists anywhere. That's soundsofbroadway.com. Let's go on with the show. We're all living through an unusual time together, but each one of us is dealing with it differently. Webster Bank is here to help you move forward at whatever pace is right for you. Whether you're taking small steps or big, bold ones. Whether you're refocusing on your future, re-energizing your business, or reconnecting with everyone you love. Webster will help you take your next steps on your time. We're back talking to Marissa Perry, and I had taken a break just as she was on the verge of Broadway stardom. <laughs> and then reality. Yeah. <laughs> a huge dynamite explosion in my, in my heart and in my life. So yeah, I signed, the very first Broadway contract I signed was for this show, Princesses. So we were raring to go. I mean, we had a sold out pre-Broadway run, rave reviews. I had a, a role that was like an angel sent it to me directly from heaven. And then we got back to New York expecting we would hear, you know, okay, well, we're, we're theater shopping now. So the producers are trying to find a theater for us to do our show in. And the theater owners are very involved in this decision. They get to decide, you know, no, we don't want Beetlejuice, the musical here at, at this theater. Oh, but we do over here. So it's kind of a back and forth. And we had a very, very large set, as I mentioned before. And so it wouldn't fit in a smaller house on Broadway. So there were, there were only a few theaters that could physically handle our set. And from what I understand, there was just so much back and forth that it just kind of fizzled out. And so our Broadway contracts, of course, became null and void because the show never went to Broadway. So that happened all before I was 20 years old. How long had you, you been involved in the show from that first, I guess, correspondence from your agent to the yeah. time that they said the show is, is not going to happen. I, if I remember correctly, it would have been from about September, 2003 to maybe 2005, early 2006. I th I'm pretty sure that's a, maybe more like 2005. That's probably a more appropriate timeline, but um, you know, nobody, you know, because I didn't go to college, you know, do the whole entire college thing. You know, I, I wasn't prepared emotionally for that kind of a letdown. And it really spun me into a, a very bad place, you know, where I left the business and took a little time off because I, it was devastating to me. 
It really hurt. It hurt me. I got emotionally attached to it. That was tough. And then in uh, early 2007, I decided, you know, that I had enough sulking and I was going to give it a shot again. So, well, uh, two things. One, I think it's very instructive for people to realize that shows don't happen overnight. That you're talking, it was years from paper to the actual show. And and if you read about Broadway shows and they talk about six years, 10 years in this gestation period, that it's not like the days... Let's, I guess these we'll call it the, the golden age of Broadway musicals where, you know, Cole Porter had a new musical every year. Rogers and Hart had one or two new musicals every year. It's just that yeah. that doesn't happen anymore. It has to go through so many different processes. You know, I know you said that you were, you were devastated, which understandably, looking back on it now, what, what are some things that, that you took away that you could impart upon people? Yeah, I think, you know, understanding and preparing for those ups and downs as just and accepting it as just a part of the way this is. It is the the career. The choice that you make is that you are going to experience extreme highs and extreme lows. That's the truth. There are there are exceptions to that rule, but there are few you are probably not going to be the exception to the rule. And um, I think really just never, um, never rely too heavily on the promise of something, knowing that things change very often. You and I had, had discussed uh, a time I overheard a casting director tell a, uh, a girl who had done all of the pre-Broadway work for a specific musical that she wouldn't be transferring to Broadway with this show, that they were going to pull in a star to do the role instead. That happens all the time. I did not know that. I didn't realize that you could do all this work and then nothing ever come to fruition. But I'll tell you what, I made the best friends, friends that I have to this day, I will never, would never trade that experience. I learned so much about my talent, my comedic timing, what I'm, what I'm able to do, uh, you know, the, the depths I'm able to reach, how to work in an ensemble, how to step into the star, starring light. I learned a lot at an early age just with princesses alone. And again, another one of those things that just catapulted me and readied me for the next thing. So in, in, in a sense, when you were talking about your college experience and, and they're saying, we're going to do this for you, it's almost like you can come back and say, well, I, I kind of uh, got my own degree, you know, the exactly. degree of hard knocks life because <laughs> I experienced it. You know, I'm not in a classroom. I'm not reading a textbook. I'm not listening to the instructor's experience. Yeah. I had to deal with it and I had to react to it. Yes. Yes, yes. And I'm so, in hindsight, I'm so grateful for it because those things really, they're ingrained in who I am. And and also feeling those lows and knowing that resiliency that I have, that I always have, no matter what, theater situation, life situation, I am so resilient. And that is the business. That 
taught me that on, a, on, on an early level, at an early stage in my career. And I rely on it constantly in my life. You can't trade that. Well, why don't we go from the, uh, I'm going to quote a uh, Ethel Merman song from the I am going to do it like this! <laughs> uh, down in the Depths. I think that's from the musical Red Hot and Blue. But So from Down yeah. in the Depths to a more <laughs> successful oh, yeah. uh, experience, and that is with the musical Sister Act. So tell us sort of how you, you, you took time off you came back, like you said, back yeah. into the biz. Yeah. And, and I'm assuming that's when Sister Act happened? That's actually when Hairspray happened. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. so you know what? Let's skip over Hairspray. Right. And let's go to Sister Act. So sure. we're going to talk about Hairspray in our next episode. So that'll whet people's appetite. Like, oh, I want to hear about Hairspray. So now you're going to have to come back and listen. Yeah, you so do. The Hairspray experience and now the next show was Sister Act. Yes, yes. So that was an interesting experience because, uh, you know, with Hairspray, I stepped into a role that was already established. With Sister Act, we built that show from the ground up. I mean, first rehearsal, original Broadway cast. Sister Act afforded me opportunities like performing on the Tony Awards, performing on The View, Good Morning America, Jimmy Fallon. I mean, we did every cool thing. So many check marks on my list, you know, were checked off with, with doing Sister Act and working with Jerry Zachs, who is a comedic genius in his own right as a director and an actor. I think the best directors were actors at one point, personally. Watching him work, watching him deconstruct things was incredible. Victoria Clark played Mother Superior. Watching her work, a masterclass in itself. And being a part of another group, this keeps coming up in, in my career, but another group of women who are all stars and come together to form this incredible ensemble where we all share it. And no one, there was never any animosity. There was never any competitiveness. We all were, were moving towards the common goal of, um, of this incredible show. And in, in Sister Act itself, it's an untraditional, another untraditional storyline because it's about two women who are different. It's not about a love story necessarily. It's about people who are different coming together and finding those common threads. And I just find that um, when you dig deep into Sister Act, it's really about female empowerment and change for the better. It was an amazing experience and some of the funniest moments I've ever had on stage. Well, how about if we hear a number from the show and yes. we're going to go, we actually go to the London cast recording because they don't always make a Broadway cast album. Some of the biggest albums of all time, Phantom of the Opera. That's London. London they never made it. <laughs> so, yeah. so we're going to hear the London cast album. So unfortunately, we'll have to just insert your voice into, into here. I guess the one constant was Patina Miller, who yeah. starred in the show, also starred in the London production. Yeah. And we picked out the song, Bless Our Show. Yeah. Anything you want to say about that before we hear it? Pretty cool, because um, every night we got to say 
this really nice blessing. And of course, it was about the nuns performing for the Pope. But as the actor, you get to bless the show that you're doing every single time you go out there. And we would, you know, gather in a circle and hold hands and do this number and play, you know, on stage with each other. Have to be hands down my favorite moment in the show. Uh, just to have, just to get to do that with all of those women. Well, let's hear then from the London cast recording of Sister Act. This is Bettina Miller and the nuns with Bless Our Show. Bless our show, bless our music, bless the songs we're gonna sing, bless the stage that we'll stand on when we stand and do our thing. Bless each line, every number, all the steps that we've rehearsed. And allow us, somehow, to be great at the worst. Bless each note and each lyric. Help us try to stay on key. Bless the lights and the soundboard. Bless our choreography. From the top of the downbeat till the final curtain call. Bless the day, bless our show, bless it all. Well, that's our prayer, everybody. Good night and God bless. No, 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 wait, Mary Clarence, wait. There's still so much more to pray for. But what did I leave out? I bless the soundboard, for Christ's sake. Bless our props. Bless our costumes. Give our sequins extra glitz. Bless our moves. Make them killer. Let us nail the funky bits. Bless our vibe. Give us mojo. Help our booty shake on cue. Let us rest when we're stressed so our best shines through. Bless our wrists and arrangements. Let our solos truly rock. Help us tear up the sucker till they hear us down the block. Let us lay down the boogie till it's bouncing wall to wall. Bless our mics, bless our apps, bless it all. Let our voices gleam and glisten. Grant us strength to sing our best. And let all of those who listen feel they too are truly blessed. From the London cast recording of Sister Act, that was Patina Miller and the British nuns with Bless Our Show. And I'm speaking with one of the American nuns, Rita <laughs> Perry, who was in the Broadway production. Now, we had talked offline previously, but I guess people can 
maybe put two and two together. I keep talking the London cast album, the London this. So Sister Act really had its debut on the London stage. And then even though it was kind of like, I'm going to say like an American show almost, then came back to the U.S., but it wasn't where they took the London cast and said, all right, boom, you're in Broadway. So can you talk about that and tours and then how it actually came to be on Broadway? Yes. From what I understand, there was a short tour that went out in America briefly before they took it to Broadway. And I think maybe maybe there were some ideas that were being tried out and, um, you know, changes that maybe they wanted to, to see happen before uh, the producers were going to say, okay, here's all my money, <laughs> take it to Broadway. You know, you have to do your due diligence and, and whatnot. Um, so if I'm not mistaken, that, that happened first, and then auditions for the Broadway cast came about. And unlike my experience with Hairspray, where I, I went in somewhere around 17 times before I played Tracy on Broadway, with Sister Act, I believe I had three auditions, <laughs> and I was cast. Um, so uh, amazingly, those two, they saw thousands and thousands of women for the ensemble of Sister Act because they needed a wide variety of ages, types. Um, you know, it was kind of open to every woman there uh, in in theater, you know, in professional theater. So to have been picked as one of the 12, another one of those, um, you know, Another one of those things in my career where it had to be faded because it doesn't make any sense otherwise. Well, it also had to give you an incredible boost of confidence knowing that you, you, you stood out, that for whatever, like you said, whatever reason that they, yeah. they picked you. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think when we were talking, um, just us two, I had mentioned how, you know, the audition thing is its own skill, and how to become someone that they remember and that, you know, that they do not forget even when they've seen a thousand people after you or they have seen a thousand people before you. Um, that's its own thing that I think, if I may say so humbly, I have really um, nailed down for myself. So what we're going to do is we're going to hold that. Hold that thought. Or a little more. We're going to expand <laughs> upon it because – we're running out of time, so uh, we're, I'd love to have you come back for another episode because I have uh, pages and pages of questions, and again, we haven't talked about hairspray, which I really want to get into and, and let the listeners know, uh, so you'll come back again next week for another episode? I will. You know? I'll come back as long as you want me to come back. I'm coming. Okay. We're going to rename this the, broad, the Broadway Buzz Starring. <laughs> Okay. Well, you have been listening to the Palace Theater's Broadway Buzz, presented by Webster Bank. My name is Stuart Brown, founder of the 24-7 online Broadway radio station, soundsofbroadway.com, playing the best from off-Broadway, Broadway, and the London stage. Thank you for listening. I hope you will join me for our next podcast episode. Until then, stay safe, be well, and be informed with the Broadway Buzz. Entertaining new possibilities. The Palace Theater, your palace, your place. Show.
your palace, your place. Waterbury Palace.